Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. God is good. God is good. Amen. Pastor Eva started causing some trouble today, so let me follow the line of that trouble and just continue with the, because it looks like it's troublemakers that Pastor Mo called this weekend. When I saw the list of the people who are preaching, I told myself, this room will burn before we are done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. So I've been asked to speak about Replenish Nigeria. Everyone who knows me knows that Nigeria is in the center of my heart. Um, it's in the core of my heart. And I'll show you why. It has nothing to do with being born Nigerian. You will soon see it. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27, and 28, I want you to see something from there so that we can delineate the word replenish and then see what it means to replenish anything and what God's order is in replenishing. Genesis chapter 1, from verse 26, and God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him male and female created he them and God blessed them and God said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth Ephesians chapter 1 if you have still got your Bible if you did not borrow the Bible you are using follow me to Ephesians chapter 1 amen 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 Ephesians chapter 1, I read from verse 19. The Bible says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, um, sorry, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Flip two pages, Ephesians chapter 4, something you know, verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the slight and the cunning craftiness, sorry, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Colossians chapter 1. I want to read out all of the scriptures so that we can just build a quick tapestry from there and see what it means to replenish tonight. Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Ah. Wow. 
Can we do a long read there? Let's do from verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard, they do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Alright? Verse 10. Let's go. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in what? Every good work and increasing steadily, what? In the knowledge of God. Next verse, verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, with all, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. I don't like this verse of scripture. Sorry, I, I, it just obstructed my reading. Strengthened, no, go back, go back, go back, verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to his. And what the strengthening came for is to make you patient and long-suffering that means you failed the class even if you were patient and you lost your joy are you following me so the essence of the strength is to make you joyful in the midst of the things that you are suffering long under let's go on verse 12 I, I just needed you to see that so that you understand it being fruitful unto every good work giving thanks unto the father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Next verse. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. Verse 15. Now become a little more careful. Who is, now is describing the one who redeemed us. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Next verse, look at this. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be all dominions, all principalities, all powers, all things were created and that means there's nothing Satan can do against him. Every throne, every principality, every power was created by him, was created also for him. There are, there are certain things you must register inside. If not, the thought of dominion will make you sit down and start to calculate with how far we have gone on the earth. How far will it take before we take over the earth? Cool down. Why not that far? I'm finding out certain things in scripture. Alright? The Bible says, and he's before all things, and by him all things consist. Oh my God. Ah. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Uh-huh. That means the church is not the church. It's if everything he became, they don't become. So he's firstborn so that he can show the rest of his brethren what they ought to look like. Are you following me? Now, if you understand these things, it will aid our journey greatly. So, um, Pastor Eva, at least the small part of our message that I met, she was going to speak to you about the mission of God. All right? And the ultimate mission of God, like she said, was to fill the earth with the knowledge of his glory. That was the ultimate mission of God. And the only way God was going to fill the earth with his glory, because his glory is his person, was to replicate his person in another person. 
Very simple. All right? So, the beginning of the scriptures I read in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, he said, and God said, let us make man. All right? I've been saying this everywhere I go in recent times. Let us make man project in our image, after our likeness, pattern or architectural design, and let them have dominion purpose. All right? So he spoke the project, he spoke the design, and he spoke the purpose. Hear this carefully. So let us make man project in our image and after our likeness, right? Sorry, design. And then let them have dominion is the purpose. All right? And you know that the highest drive of God every time is his purpose. For thou had created all things and for thine pleasure they are and were created. That means that God will suspend anything to fulfill his purpose. In fact, even he cannot break his purpose. He designed it such that he, according to Ephesians chapter 1, does everything after the counsel of his own will. So God cannot wake up and change where he's going. I'll try it again. So God cannot wake up and decide today, okay, we'll change where we were going before. No. It's inconsistent with the character of God. He can change the pathway he wants to use to get there. He can change the strategies he wants to use to arrive at that end. But God himself will not change the end. The end he has proposed, he will birth. Are you following me? And the purpose of God is, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and all that. Then, the Bible said something that you must have seen in Colossians chapter 1. If you didn't take note of it, I'll call your attention to it right now. It says, so God made man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Stop. Something disappeared. Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. But Genesis 1.27 spoke only about the image. He didn't speak about the likeness. Oh, I'll try again. So, let us make man in our image after our likeness. All right? If you read that verse carefully, please follow me. Because if you don't understand the assignment to replenish and God's order and pathway to arrive at replenishing, when we start to speak about what your assignment is in Nigeria, you cannot get it. You can't get it. That's the reason why we say a lot of high things in church that fly over our heads that make that by the time we step out on Monday, we don't know what's the next step to take. So that even if you were willing to obey what you heard on Sunday, there was actually no template to do what you heard on Sunday. And I trust God that in this entire conference, as Lord grants us grace to speak back and forth, by the end of this conference, you should have a clear picture of what it means to replenish the earth. So God said, let us make man in our image. Let's make him at our likeness. Now, hold on. Um, at our likeness is in simple English. Will either mean the image will come after we have done, we have done the likeness. Because there were two parts of us that we wanted to replicate. Wanted to replicate our image. We also wanted to replicate our likeness. All right? So he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. It either means we will make him in our image after we have made him in our likeness. Or it means that we will use our likeness as the prototype to provoke our image out of him. Do I need to slow down? Can we go? We can go at that pace, right? Great. So it's either... We will make our likeness first, then our image will follow. Or we will make him in our likeness and provoke. 
our image to come out of the likeness. You don't need to think too far. When you give birth to a child, what you give birth to is a full likeness. What you provoke is image. So what? how the world became damaged today was that we gave birth to things in our likeness, but Satan provided an image for them to be built after. Do you understand it? That's why Satan is doing everything to take away the training of your children from you. Because you gave birth to likeness, but you have to provoke image. And image comes by fellowship and observation. So they give your children fellowship and observation on TV. Fellowship and observation on the streets. What you did not know was that they were dealing with the image. And Genesis 1.27, it is the image that dominates. That's why you will never find in the New Testament where Christ was called the likeness of God. And you will never find in the Old Testament where Adam was called the image of God. And he shall reign. He shall reign. He shall reign forever. Oh, there was one scripture I forgot to read. It's Hebrews 2 6. Right? You can write it down and read it later. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 6. If you read Hebrews chapter 2 verse 6, you find out that the Bible says one angel said in a certain place, What is man? Recently I've had beef with angels. When I get to heaven, I'll deal with them. The Bible told me that I'll judge them. When I get to heaven, if I, the angels are in trouble. When they came to God, they didn't ask who is man. They disdained us so badly. They saw us in our states and they thought to themselves, God, why, Lord, what's the big deal about these guys? What? We did not qualify to be called who? By angels. <laughs> what was annoying them that made that statement was the amount of attention that you could not take away God's attention from man. Angels couldn't get it. Why are you so mindful of these things? It's what? If it's these beans, it's who is man? What? What is man? It's we they call what? They're in trouble. Listen. I, I said that on the lighter note, but true. Because you see, if you see the operation of angels in scripture, you'll find that the Bible says, bless you the Lord, you his host, or you his angels that excel in might. Let me tell you how excellent in might angels are. I've given this example in too many places. One angel. You know that night that they did Passover in Egypt? They didn't send a, it's not a department of angels that went to Egypt. It was one angel, one, in one night, entered every house in each, every house in Egypt and had time to select who is the firstborn. <laughs> then kill the firstborn. Do you understand? In fact, I imagine that many times when he killed the firstborn and he was living for the next house, then he remembered that, ah, the father of the house too is a firstborn from his family. Then he went back <laughs> and killed the father too. Then, 
By the end of that night, the angel was chilling somewhere drinking coke. I mean, he didn't look tired when the night was done. He didn't go back to heaven to say, it was a simple task. One angel. But when God wanted to carry the crown of his assignment, he did not put it on the angel. Oh, if you read that Hebrews chapter 2, he said, For unto the angels had he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. But one angel made you know who he put the world in subjection to when he testified, saying, What is man? that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that you visit him. You made him a little lower than the angels, or you made him a little lower than Elohim, and you crowned him with glory and honor. And you did set him over all the works of your hands. Verse 8, give us 8 on the board, so that you can see too. Thou hast put all things in subjection under him, for in that he put all in subjection under man, he left nothing that is not put on that man. Then the heartbreaking statement, but now we see not yet. See, it's a, breaking, it's a heartbreaking statement, but it's also a hope-filled statement because he did not say we see not, he said we see not yet. That means we will soon see it. We see not yet all things put under him. Then the next verse said, but we see Jesus. Who was made a little lower than Elohim for the suffering. Stop. The first one that God said is, let's make him a little lower than Elohim for dominion. But when Jesus arrived at a little lower than Elohim, instead of taking dominion, he chose death. Why? So that he, by the grace of God, will taste the death that you should have died. Because you see, if by the time he arrived at the image of Elohim, hear this carefully, if by the time he arrived at the image of Elohim, he took dominion, he would rule and reign alone. But God, in bringing many sons unto glory, made the cutting of their salvation perfect through suffering, so that both he that sanctified and they that are sanctified might be classified together as one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, say, I will testify my name, your name. Are you following? Saying, I'll declare your name among my brethren. In the midst of church, will I sing your praise? And also saying, I am the children that you have given to me. Give me next verse, next verse, next verse, next verse, next verse. And again saying, oh, I will put my trust in him. Stop. Why did I go there? Listen. So, what Paul was doing here, Pimo, was that he was giving three scriptures that confirm that those that are sanctified and the one who are sanctified have one. Then the three scriptures he used to defend the point as a lawyer was number one, I will declare your name unto my brethren. That he used my brethren there meant that he's not ashamed to call us brothers and that he will stop at nothing until we become everything that he is. The third one, let me do the third one first. Uh, let me do the third one second. 
The third one said, I am the children that you have given to me. That means we share the same nature. So we are brothers and we are brothers because we share the same nature. But the second one was always my problem. It was the toughest not to crack. Why will Paul use the statement, I will put my trust in him as a defense for what it took me a few years to understand that statement. I'll give it to you in one statement. Are you ready for it? That the proof that we're his brethren is that he refused to finish the assignment of God and he chose to trust us to finish it. The only proof that we are now equal in strength is that he said, since you are my brother, I should trust you. Then he walked away. So he walked away at the point when he should have entered into glory because he trusts you. That what he left undone, you will finish. So Psalm 110 happened in the prophetic. Psalm 1 Corinthians 15 quoted it later. In Psalm 110, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. How will you do it, Father? I will send the rod of your strength from out of Zion. <laughs> that means what made you tick will come out but the next time you will see it coming out, it will not be coming out from you. It will be coming out from a place called Zion. Hebrews chapter 12, we are come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Out of Zion, the psalmist said, the perfection of beauty had God shined. That means that Zion was not necessarily a place, it was an assembly. And the essence of that assembly is to pump those who still have the opportunity to serve, to perfect what those who have done, who were done serving, have done. So, if you look at the assembly in Zion in Hebrews chapter 12, I, I hope I've not gotten too complex now. If you look at the assembly in Zion in Hebrews chapter 12, you'll find out that there's only one active participant in what Jesus had done. Every other person had finished his assignment. The only active present participant is we. You know that scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12, by saying we are come. We are come unto Mount Zion. The we are the only ones who are still alive and active on the earth. Every other element you find on Mount Zion is active and alive in heaven. And all of them have had their time and their turn to contribute to the earth. And they were done. They had had their time. The Father, God, the judge of all, was the one who set all things in place. The spirit of just men made perfect are those who were men. Who, Hebrews chapter 11 closed by telling you that they without us cannot be made perfect. That tells you that they are still waiting for perfection. That's why they arrive at Zion. They arrive at Zion as a company of witnesses to speak to you about the possibilities they found on their journey so that you don't need to find their possibilities. You inherit their possibilities and find new possibilities. Yeah. 
you understand God's context and concept of the witness, it is that if you meet a witness, you inherit his work. So when scripture says, seeing that we're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, it wasn't just talking about examples. It was speaking about graces. So if I find a witness, I can collect his grace. If I find the witness of Joseph, depending on what season of his life, I found the witness of. If I found the witness of his escape from the grip of Potiphar's wife, I will collect grace to walk out of sin. If I found a witness that made him joyful, patient, and serving in prison as a slave, and all of, if I, the day I see the witness, I inherit it. I collect the grace to be it so that going forward, I'm not trying to discover how to be patient. I inherited patience because I met the witness of Joseph. Are you following me? Please follow this because replenish is where I was going to tonight and I will get there. Our future is bright, yo, I must get there. <laughs> Are you alive? Get it. If you get a wholesome picture of how beautiful this assignment is, when you rise up in your place, you will rise up with such beauty and such grace. So, understand this. Everyone who you meet in the assembly in Zion, including Jesus, the firstborn. But I hope you know that the Bible spoke about Jesus seemingly twice at the assembly. It separated fundamentally Jesus the mediator from the blood of the sprinkling. And the blood of the sprinkling is the blood of Jesus. And the Bible told you that when that assembly happens, the only person who is permitted to talk in that assembly is the blood. So the blood becomes a personality. It was the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that opened heaven's door and let me in. It was the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that washed away the guilt, washed away the guilt of all my sin. Listen, and the Bible said there in Hebrews chapter 12 that the blood will keep speaking until everything that was not designed according to the order of that which is eternal fades out. Oh, the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 12, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. Then it says, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. He said, for if they did not escape, that refused him that spake from the earth. Much more shall not we escape if we refuse him that speaks from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but he has promised now that yet once more will I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. He said, and the using of the words yet once more signifies the removing of the things that are shaken as of the things that were created by the concepts of men. So when you read uh, as of the things that are made, wasn't talking about the things that God made. Was talking about things that were introduced by reason of the rebellion of the darkness called the system as cosmos. 
So cosmos is a creator. Hey, hey. Do you understand me? God. I mean the rebellion of Satan. The idea of the rebellion is to create possibilities that were not in the mind of God when God made creation. For instance, the gay question. That possibility did not exist in the mind of God when he was creating man. There's a rebellion on the earth that insists that they were born that way. That they are not a deliverance case. Jesus still casts out devils. I was speaking somewhere recently and I told them, don't blame them until you have received sufficient power to cast out the devils that they carry. Don't. So, don't enter into a criticism game. Enter into a power game. Enter, or enter until you possess a power that makes that. You, you are not doing this thing by theory. You are bringing out 10 people who used to believe that they were like that. That hands were laid upon and they straight. The problem is we talk too much in church. We don't trust God for his power to do. And the argument on the earth is not the argument of words. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not in words. The kingdom of God is in power. Transformation of power. So if you truly are burdened about it, you'll start to seek the power that made the original order. And you will speak, you will seek the speaking of the blood of Jesus that defies that order and brings everything back to the order in which God created it. Alright? So the Bible says that the essence of the blood is to keep speaking until everything that was created by thoughts outside of God are shaken away. Hi. I found one recently. Hey, hey, hey. Jesus, in the book of Luke, said to his disciples, beware of the living of the Pharisees. He had just come out from an argument, sorry, for, he had just come out from schooling the Pharisees. You know, they were always trying to prove him wrong. And was the religious system. That was the day I found out, Pimo, that when Jesus said, every tree that is not planted by my father shall be uprooted, he was not even concerned about the world. It was the religious system he was talking about. So the greatest wickedness is that people have created a form that looks like a service to God, but it is more a disservice to God because it is not pointing people to God. It is scratching their conscience and making them feel like they are around God, but they are not meeting God. And religion, see when we talk religion, especially within Pentecostal circles, we start to think of Orthodox churches. We are thinking, oh, all those churches that don't speak in tongues. <laughs> I find out that Pentecostal churches are the new religion in town. We sing songs we don't mean. We talk about a power we don't experience and everyone is all right. We put our hands back in our pocket and walk home. And we continue from where we were the last time. Nobody's provoked enough to say, this is not the kind of life I saw in Jesus. The least that must happen to you 
if you are alive in Christ Jesus, is that there should be a consistent discontent in your heart that says, this is not the life. They can be celebrating me as a great servant of God, but they say, life I have seen, and my heart will not rest until I apprehend it. And if that quest is not present, you are welcome, sir. You are sitting right in religion. Are you speaking in tongues? Oh, religion is one of the greatest inventions of Satan. One of the things that you, you want to do if you want to deal with religion is start with this simple practice. Jesus looked at Pharisees and he said to them, you have made the word of God of non-effect by your tradition. He said, and it is concerning you, Isaiah said, that they worship me with their lips, but their heart. Has... See, the simple exercise that, start, that you can start with to kill religion is when you enter church, make sure that what your mouth is saying, your heart is saying it. So when Seal was singing tonight, I said, again, nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Listen, music is a devil. Follow me, follow me. It was created by God, but you understand what I mean now. Music is a, it's an evil spirit, I'm telling you. The problem music has is it has the tendency to whip up your soul and put an excitement around your soul, but bypass the understanding of what you are saying. So you'll be shouting with us and crying but you actually don't want him the proof that you don't want him is that the next thing he said you should do you can't do it what's the proof that I want somebody what's the proof what's the proof that I want somebody it's actually a simple response now it's obedience eh? if, you obey, if you love me you obey see my wife fine babe if today I decide that okay I'm tired of this babe I want to chase Pastor Eva <laughs> See this religious guest, did you know this? Sorry, sorry, woman of God. Sorry, sorry, I forgot. If I said today, I'm tired of my wife, I'm to chase Pastor Eva. Let me tell you, study has caught me. You know why? I have to study the things she likes, I have to learn to do them. Hi, just handy. I have to sort down a bit of my itinerary and find her own and try to make it to the cities where she is even though it will cost me because I'm shutting down my itinerary I'm leaving my honorariums and the work that I'm giving myself to chase somebody who is not my wife show not narrow this video tell him it's him I want to get at I don't know why he's not here are you following suspend it's costing me but for the joy set before me I endure the cross I, you see it sounds like a good example until you play it in your life you, it's easy for a believer to say work is too much it's the absence of chase let me tell you when the hunger is sufficient, you will negotiate less work hours with less pay to seek him.
you will seek him until the next time you take your full work hours is because it's you and him that went to work. Because you see, God is not anti-work. But when work separates you from him, and there must be a season in every Christian's life, take note of this, there must be a season in every Christian's life when you suspend the natural forces of your continuous activity to say, you know what? If I don't find him, I'm not going back. That's the strength of the quest. So I said to you, the technology of religion is the uttering of things that our hearts don't mean. And how you know is that when we are done with the utterance in a church service, we don't put around ourselves the disciplines and the activities. That's why I use that for the example. We don't put around ourselves the disciplines and the activities that make what we said on Sunday true. So you alone are my strength and shield. To you alone, baby. When you are done singing that song, you are supposed to ask yourself, what are the other things that were compelling the yielding my spirit being? And if I've declared that to you alone may my spirit yield, then I will face those idols that compel response from my soul. And I will consciously collect back my response and make sure that there's nothing that when it's waved at me, it compels the obedience of my soul. So you find out that almost every revival seems to be plummeting because Satan has got a new feat of religion for every new level of spiritual experience. We thought that religion was the churches that sang out of hymn book and sat down after they sang. Now, we pray in tongues for 15 minutes and you have connected to nothing, but you went to church. Replenish. Let's replenish. Let's replenish. I'm, I'm trying to obey Pimo. Pimo said we should speak about replenish. Fine, I'll finish now. Let me not joke. Some people are in a very serious spiritual moment right now. Not damage your spirituality. But do you understand it? These things are practical. I love you, Lord, and I lead my voice to worship you. Oh my soul, rejoice. What take joy, my king, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. When I'm done singing that, I should be wondering, how does sound rise to God? Is it the keyboard we are playing that he listens to? what kind of musicality is in heaven and what earth looks like in comparison to the music of heaven I hope you know that every sacrifice that rises from the earth God has to qualify to accept 
So it is, has your child ever drawn a butterfly from school? Let's not go far. They just do, okay, they decided to draw the family. Everybody has got that experience. Everybody has got that experience. So your child decided, they said they should draw your family. Oh, people are already laughing. Do you, do you remember what you looked like in that picture? What did you? What, what did you tell them after such a disappointment? Wow. Wow. Beautiful pictures. Is that daddy? Yes. Yes, that's daddy. See, I put his hair. <laughs> that means what God actually accepts is the attempt. <laughs> because if you see the quality of what happens in front of him you will know there's nothing you will do on earth that can impress him so every sacrifice that comes from the earth God has to qualify to accept <laughs> that's why I used to pity people who are looking for complex ways to impress God you understand it? Oh God, the creator of the deep seas, the one who knows the path that Leviathan walks. <laughs> God will gather angels and say, come, come, let's laugh, let's laugh. Guys, I got I'm not impressed. It's just keep it simple. He loves you. It is the basis upon which every offering you bring is beautiful. How do we get here? We need to replenish. We have to replenish. We have to replenish. See? So watch this. You remember I told you earlier that that's the reason why you will never find Adam referred to as the image of God. Genesis chapter 5 is called the likeness of God. You will never find Jesus referred to as the likeness of God. We read it out of Roman, out of Colossians chapter 1. The express image, Hebrews chapter 1. This one called him the image of the invisible God. Colossians chapter 1. So, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion hear this. Please follow me. Because if, if I get to say replenish once, at least by the end of this service, if I say replenish, I preached. <laughs> I see, I'm very happy. Normally I'm more serious than this, but I just, I think it's because it's Ecclesia here, so I'm just really very happy to be here. Are you following me? So God said, okay, Let's make him in our image. Then I showed you in verse 27 that the part of God that is empowered to dominate is the image of God. I'll give you a simple illustration that separates the image from the likeness for you. You can go and do a deep study. You'll still find it to be so. The likeness is like what you have in a picture. That's what the likeness of God is. It's like what you have in a picture. So if you ever met with God, he does not look like a lion. He does not look like an eagle. If you say to him, Lord, you are the eagle that covers, what you mean is illustrative. It cannot be 
Do you understand? Because if you ever met God, God looks like man. He has a nose where man has a nose. He has an eye where man has an eye. If you ever met with God, he looks like man. In Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means what God looks like is what Christ looked like when he showed up. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? But you see, the image of God is not so. The image is like what you find in a mirror. What you find in a mirror is not your likeness. It's actually your image within the context of scripture. Meaning, if you are standing in front of a mirror and this person is smiling and that person is frowning. Somebody has got to leave the mirror for the other. And, and I know the person who will leave the mirror. It's the real person that has to leave the mirror for the other person who is supposed to be a direct reflection. Oh. Did you notice now that Jesus said, I and the Father are one. He said, the Son can of himself do nothing. It is what he sees the Father do. It means that at the point called image, you can do nothing except what you see. Ah, so then that he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the son that the son might be firstborn among many brethren that means when you arrive at image everything he wrote concerning you is what you will be living do you understand it and if you have ever read that scripture you find out that before that he said for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God not to them that God loves and to love God is to obey his commandments and to them that are the called according to his purpose. So what he was doing was he was trying to show you when a man becomes the called. Then he told you that before the called is what is called foreknowledge. And foreknowledge provokes predestination. Predestination is what provokes the call. That means when a man arrives at the place where everything about his life aligns with what was written concerning him before he came. God considers him the called. And once the man arrives there, all things work together for his good. Whether they be thrones, principalities. So, at the point when a man is living his predestined life, there's nothing Satan can do that can be against the man. <laughs> Everything Satan can ever conceive must have been caught within the plan. You see, that's not a confession for every human being. Are you following me? It's going to get interesting. So Genesis 127 tells you that the image is what is empowered to dominate. That's why the scripture we read in Hebrews chapter 2 told you that when the image shows up, it is supposed to have dominion over everything. Right? But we do not yet see it. That means we have not yet entered into the image. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you remember, as we have born the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. And we're speaking about Adam and Christ. Are you following me? See, my message tonight would have been very simple. I could have said it in one statement. All this long story wouldn't have been useful. That the best thing you can do to replenish the earth is yield yourself to God. 
That's all. That's all. That's the whole message tonight. That's the whole message. You see everything I've been saying since morning. What I was trying to say. It's this one statement. Can we now share the grace? simple now. See, it's that simple. But you see, because of the complexity of the human mind, the explanations became necessary so that you understand that, that that's the plan. Yeah. So the image is what is empowered to dominate. So you hear, and God, now let me give you the story of the image. This is, going, this is going to bless you. And God made man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Stop. That means that the man that will be accounted for first as the image of God will be alone. But then he said, male and female created he them. Notice the Bible didn't say, and God blessed him. Verse 28. The Bible says, and God blessed them. Ah, I'll try again. Let's make man in our image. Out our likeness. And let them have dominion over the birds of the air. We shall see. And God made man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Go and check your Bible. Then next he said is male and female created he them. And Genesis chapter 2 took the time to show you the process of the creation of the female out of the male. Ah. Right? Now, follow this story by just, just, just a Genesis story to help you. So he used Adam, the likeness. You remember? To demonstrate something that Paul spoke about later in Ephesians chapter 5. Follow me very carefully. So he used Adam, the likeness. And Adam, the likeness, was made complete. I mean, complete. Lacking nothing. Because everything he needed was in him, including his wife. Oh... Everything he needed. So it was complete. Then God looks and says, mm, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make for him a help suitable. That means the essence of the creation of this help is to multiply his productivity. Ah, follow me, follow me, follow me. We'll get there. When we're on our way to replenish, we'll get there, you see it. The essence is, okay, so let's make him a help suitable for him. It's not good for him to be alone. But let's send him someone who will help him, who will multiply his productivity. And Ecclesiastes now told you that two is better than one for they have a better reward for their labor. All right? Psalms tells you that one will chase a thousand, two will chase tens, tens of thousands. That means that the idea of making a help for him was not supposed to be an addition. It was supposed to be a geometric progression. Right? Because there's no maths in the world that make you believe that if one is producing a thousand, two will produce ten thousand. But follow me, you'll see what the wisdom of God is. So God arrives and says, it's not good. That means there's something better than the present state. So he makes him enter a deep sleep and then takes out, so opens up his side, takes out his rib, and out of the rib creates a woman. Oh, I couldn't wait. So he makes him enter into a deep sleep. And when they needed to confirm that he was sleeping, they came with a spare and tore his side and water and blood. 
And in that instance, his wife. Because, ah, if you read Genesis chapter 2, verse 5, the Bible recorded in Genesis chapter 2, therefore shall a man live. So who did Adam live? If the story was about Adam, who did Adam live? Because Adam didn't leave God. If there was anything, Adam deepened his relationship with God by reason of the presence of Eve. So, who did Adam leave? So, scripture said, from the creation of the first woman, it's because of this that a man will live. Was never talking about Adam was saying, because God needed to produce a bride for Christ, Christ has to leave the Father. Aha. Marriage has Do you realize that that's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, are you still alive? Are we in a world conference? Don't worry, you have not heard anything. Wait, my brother is coming tomorrow. When Prophet Adam comes, you will. You now know that I'm the easier version of there's somebody who is worse than me. <laughs> Are you alive? No, put Ephesians 5.30 on the board. Ephesians 5.30. Look at this. Behold, this is a great mystery. Help me, help me. Ephesians 5.30. Is the computer still working? Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways. And step by step you lead me and I will follow you all of my days. See verse 29 For no man ever hated his own flesh but nourished it and treasured it even as the Lord the church. For we are what? Members of his body of his own flesh and of his bones. Ah! Next verse. Therefore for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. He has recorded Moses. Verse 32. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Are you alive? We can add verse 33 if you want. Nevertheless, let every one of you just love your wife. That means that was not what I was actually talking about. But yeah, yeah, you you need to use it for your marriage. You know, it's good advice for marriage, but I was never talking about marriage. So when Moses was speaking in Genesis chapter 2, it was Christ he was talking about and his church. And the process by which, listen, the church will be produced out of Christ. 
So God said, I will make him in my image. In the image of God will I make him. He said, male and female will I make them. That means until his church comes out of him, I will not bless him to dominate. So sit down at my right hand and wait until I make all your enemies your footstool. How will you do it? I will send the rod of your strength from your wife. And her announcement will be to rule in the midst. When Jesus returns, he's not going to rule in the midst. He's going to rule over. Psalm 2 tells you that when he comes, he's coming with a rod of iron. He will dash the kings and the kingdoms like a potter's vessel. So Jesus is not coming to reign in the midst. It is we that are anointed to rule in the midst. So I read two scriptures that showed you that he was made the head for the sake of the body. Ephesians chapter 1 said that the body is the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Ephesians chapter 4, there were a few verses I lost. So when you go back, read it from earlier, read from verse, verse 6. You will find out that the Bible says that the one who descended is the one who ascended with a singular intent. What she said, that he might fill all things. Then the Bible calls the church the fullness of him that fills all in all. That means that the content that he wants to use to fill all things is his church. But it's not just the church. It's the church that arises at the image of Christ. For which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. So I told you that there were three proofs he left in. I'll declare your name in the midst of my brethren. And the third one, I and the children that you have given to me. That means you have the same source. But the second one, I will put my trust in him. So Jesus is sitting in heaven, Pastor Eva. I say, I trust you. And you are saying the church is weak. Church is politically irrelevant. Jesus is sitting beside the Father and saying, I trust you. Hmm. I trust you. Say, see how many times they have failed. I say, I trust you. They'll get up. They'll get it right. I will seek you in the morning. I learn to walk in your ways and step by step you lead me. I will follow you all of my days. Step by step you lead me and I will follow you all of my days. Hear this as I close. So Jesus is saying tonight, I trust you. You say the earth is scattered. You say, yeah, yeah, that's why you are there. I trust you, you can fix it. Lord, how will I fix it? Be fruitful. Multiply. See, the Bible says, and God blessed them and said, that means the moment the union between Christ and his church happened, God showed us a pathway to collecting back the earth. His pathway was simple. First, be fruitful. Listen, the Bible said in the order of creation that he made every tree with seed yielding fruit. After his kind. Ooh. 
She did that, right? I knew she was a woman of God. I knew. He created everything to yield after its kind. That means the first focus of the believer should have been, what is my kind? And to what degree am I representing my kind? And believe me, Satan has more exploits in Be Fruitful. That's the reason why Satan works night and day over time to pump your mind with information as to what you are not. And make you accept an identity that God did not give you. Be fruitful. And hear this. These things are not just a list. They are a progression. God will not multiply what has not brought fruit. Jesus said, every branch in me that bears fruit, my father will prune that he might bear more fruit. That means the image of God can progressively increase in a man the more he yields to God. I told you the story is one that God just wants you to yield to him. So my reward for yielding to God is pruning. God sees that I'm serious about my confessions in church. He looks for another aspect of my life that does not look like him and he places a demand on it. And I shout, ah! And God says, no, 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 I want you to be fruitful. That's me getting, did I show you that you're supposed to be patient and long-suffering? With joyfulness. I thought you, I thought you remembered. So God is squeezing that part. Then God says to him, no, 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 your giving culture is not according to my kind. Then he puts his hand there and he squeezes it. He said, you see that last thing you have? Give it. And you know man is strong. You can actually tell him, I won't. I will not. But as long as, ay, 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 ay. because I hope you know that one of the things that God has no threshold for is fruitlessness. Everything that is fruitless, he curses, cuts it down. That means every believer who sits in church for a while and is not changing more and more into his kind, the image of him that created him, what happens is you start to become disinterested with spiritual things. You wake up one day and just tell yourself, church says, come, man. If you ever hear yourself saying that, it was because you were not increasing the knowledge of him. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you according to the knowledge of him. So I don't understand how you're a believer and you're not seeking the knowledge of him. I don't understand. I don't understand it. You must be an alien in this kingdom. I mean, you are a kind that we should study. Do you understand? So all of us should gather and study you and we're wondering, how did you make it into the congregation of the saints and you're not seeking the knowledge of him? Because you can rehearse and repeat the things we say in the service, but you can never become him until you seek him. The drive for fruitfulness is actually the first point. It is what is fruitful that God begins to multiply. Aha. It is the multiplication of what has become fruitful that begins to recover and fill the earth. So people begin to see what the ideal looks like. 
And then they say, we have been told this for several years, but this one that was saying, this is it. This is the idea. Then they run to the mountain of the Lord's house and they say, teach us your ways. That's the point where you are multiplying. Now the more of that kind we have, I'll say one thing and we'll pray. The more of that kind we have, the more the earth is getting full. Hear this. Let me, since my topic is replenish Nigeria, let me touch something. That means, until we create men within the various spheres and status of life in Nigeria who are focused on a kind and becoming the kind, forget redemption. We can get respite, but not redemption. Listen, 2023, ah, it has gone. 2023 is a pivotal year. Because listen, God is in between. Hear this. It will sound like God is unsure, but you will, you will agree with me later. God is in between sending us quick relief and sending and establishing in Nigeria a kingdom. Hear this. Whatever happens in 2023 is not yet God's deliverance. It is God's relief. The Lord told me a few weeks ago, he said Nigeria was due for an intervention a long time ago. We had more than sufficient prayer in the prayer bank of heaven to have found help. But God found a hope in Nigeria because he found a class of people whose press for the knowledge of him was serious. And so he determined in himself from his sovereignty that because of this man, let us draw the season of this pain a little longer. Paradventure, they will produce a type because if the production of a type does not happen, what will happen naturally is that God will give you relief for a few years, but like Israel, the relief will make you apostate. So you will leave God because the systems are now working. So there's a lot of people hanging around God because of the dysfunctional systems and the help they find in God. So if nothing happens, Pimo, if money did not increase in my pocket, at least when I come to church, I get a word, I'm refreshed, I go back, I still have strength to face life. Some people have not killed themselves in this nation because they are church members. But guess what? God has been hopeful, Pastor Eva, that we will produce a kind and that we will find a way to place that kind in the status of life. It's part of the reasons why I hear this very carefully and I say this very responsibly. In the last 10 years, God sat as a refiner and as a purifier of silver and he purged and is purging the house of Levi in this nation so that priesthoods are shifting. There are certain people who used to be priests 10 years ago that have lost their office, but they have not lost their title. They still have their churches, but they don't have the control over the nation they used to have 10 years ago. A seeking happen because however God wants to do it, he will not fix a kingship until he has fixed a priesthood. And he shook the ministry space in Nigeria and brought it to the place where if you are not a deep seeker of God, the people stopped listening to you. I said I say this very responsibly. 
So check the Nigerian ministry space today. Everyone you sit around seems to have a dimension of the knowledge of God that you were not used to. And it is that dimension of the knowledge of God that seems to have driven the people in the direction of a new priesthood. Listen, it is not for me to ascertain whether a priesthood failed or not. But hear this. There is a season in God when if a priesthood is not making transitions into present truth, God is compelled to raise a generation after them that will learn God. That's why, let me say this to this next generation of ministers. Don't ever get encumbered with the administration of ministry and lose the transitions of God on the earth. Because a generation got encumbered with the complexities and the transitions of ministry, they built large spaces and the demand to manage it made that they could not see when God was transitioning. And the work of the Lord on the earth cannot wait. The Lord knows my heart. I speak concerning no one. I only speak what the Lord has shown me. Because he has to first sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. So the moment God looked at the Nigerian church and had hope that something could come out of it, he decided to start pruning. So he sat over his church and he was shifting the language of the church, shifting the focus of the church. He did it without fighting. So nobody needed to publicly fight. No, the new just grew out of the old. And then the old became, seemed to have been going down as the new was rising. It was God purifying his church. Because it is out of this new. No one puts a new wine in an old wine skin. The wine skin will not be able to contain it. It will burst. What God wants to do in the Nigerian church today, the revelation that drove the Nigerian church 10 years ago could not contain it. There were not people who knew the kingdom enough to represent God. There were only people as a 10 years ago in the church who knew to prosper personally and give church money. So when the message of the kingdom began to rise out of the ground, God became hopeful that Nigeria, according to prophecy, when I come on Sunday, I'll show you Isaiah chapter 18. I'll show you where exactly we stand as a nation in prophecy. Follow me. I know the priesthood that is upon me for this nation. Like I know my name is Chintok. I know it. So God began to trust. Because it was, if it was on the strength of intervention. As at 2015, the church had sufficient prayer on the altar of heaven for a divine intervention for us to enter into a better life. And God is willing even now to go back in time and place a demand. I hope you know that there's ability in God to go back in time and place a demand. Because between 2015 and now, we have not had prayings, we have had murmurings. Can I show you one principle in scripture? The angel of the Lord came to Zechariah. Kai. People forgive me. I'm offending time tonight, but please. The angel of the Lord came to Zechariah and he said to him, 
the Bible says he was serving, Zachariah was a priest serving after the order of his course. And the angel of the Lord said to Zachariah, the Lord has heard you. Your wife will be with child. Then Zachariah said, how Lord? God said to him, you'll be dumb. Shut up. So that you don't spoil this plan. But notice, that means there was no way Zachariah could have been praying when the angel of the Lord came. He couldn't have been praying for his son. So which prayer did God hear? That means as at the days when Zachariah was still a young man with Elizabeth and he was praying, God knew. He was already ready for his son as at that time. God was ready to answer except that he looked around Zachariah and Elizabeth. And he saw an environment that could raise the heralda of Messiah. The hope of God was what suspended Elizabeth's ability to give birth. And in between those years, all of the murmurings and the complaints and the lack of faith of Zachariah did not change the prayer that had ascended before God years before. So heaven can sit in 2022 upon the protocol of what was prayed before 2015 and give Nigeria a relief. But if Nigeria has to enter a release, the church must know that the change in power that will happen in 2023, I hope you heard me, the change in power and order that will happen in 2023 will not be our victory. It will be our opportunity to raise a kind of people. Let he that heart and here, here. If all you were looking for is relief, I can say to you, go to rest. The Lord is determined to give this nation relief. 2023 is a year of relief. <laughs> Let me tell you, God is not sitting there in heaven and thinking how many votes will he get in the election. He doesn't even need an election. Let me tell you how powerful God is. Let me tell you how. Pastor <laughs> Jay, you know what scripture said? I saw Hebrew, I saw Luke 12 recently, Pastor Mo, changed my life. Verse 32, Jesus said, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He didn't say, fear not, great ones. That means, he has what it takes to gather, a, to give the kingdom to a little flock. And if he gives the kingdom to a little flock, the kingdom is the Lord's and he's the governor among the nations. That little flock will rise up and govern the nations. Four Hebrew boys, weak boys, entered into Babylon. By the time they were living, Babylon was on its knees. Nobody could breathe except at their command. Read Revelation chapter 3. You're speaking to the church in Philadelphia. He said, This thing said the one who has the key of David, who opened and no man can shut, and he shuts and no man can open. He said, I set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. Guess what? You'll be thinking, Oh, you guys have done splendid. You are great. You are mighty. He said, Let me tell you why I said before you. He said, you have had little strength. 
but in your little strength you kept my word you did not deny my name God is not looking for a large multitude he, they have a few people with little strength can collect the keys to the kingdom in fact it is reserved for a few with little strength if what you are looking for is relief go to rest 2023 has been determined in heaven as the year that Nigeria will get relief. My fear is whether the church will be intelligent enough to know that the, the environment of the relief is not yet our victory. It is the transition from the priestly cleansing into a kingly cleansing so that the, the people upon whom the hand of the Lord rests can emerge. Then it is their emergence that will take the patterns of heaven and use it as the patterns of the governance of Nigeria. Then Nigeria will rise up as a nation and become an example to other nations. Because in our prophetic destiny, the nations of the earth will gather here. They will come here to learn the law of God. It was not Pielty who first said it. There's a prophecy in scripture. The nations are coming to us. They are coming. They are coming. You see this Jackpa? They will, they will badger, they will return. <laughs> Let me tell you, in very few years from now, if a Nigerian leaves Nigeria, he took help. He took help out. He didn't go to seek for life. The working of the priesthood is still going on. God is still cleansing. Cleansing rocks. When he's done with the priesthood, he will transition into the kingly. One of the greatest oppositions to God's birthing a new day is when a church becomes complacent. And I fear that the church seeks prosperity too much to seek the kingdom. So in the day when relief comes, the church can easily believe that our answers have come. Our answers have not come until Jesus is sitting in the helm of the affairs of every space on the earth. Every. 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 Lift up your hands. Holy Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.